This is Claiming Your Voice with Janice Garrard, and in this podcast, I feature guests with passionate stories of hope, encouraging others to claim their voice in a world where we can be bold together. Tonight, my guest is Janice Barcelo. She is the creator of the website Birth of a New Earth and RadiationDangers.com. She will also be hosting a parenting class for people who have gone through trauma so that they don't have to repeat those traumas again. And Janice, I want to tell you that I love your name. I love your name, too. It's just incredible to meet somebody named Janine. Yes, and I wanted to mention, too, that um, I learned about you through a previous guest named Sarah Lena Love, and she praised the work that you did, and she said, you have to reach out to this lady and talk to her. So here we are, and I would like for you just to explain what you do and tell us how you got to this part of your life of how you want to help people. Okay, that's a loaded, a loaded question. But um, I want to start by saying I have a history of prenatal and birth. And that history starts similar to many people on the earth that we are conceived sort of haphazardly, and the parents aren't ready and really not um, prepared to be parents. And sometimes these parents will um, seek an abortion. Sometimes, as you know, they will give the baby up for adoption. And when we're in a womb where we're not want, this creates long-term psychic and emotional. And we can grow up into adults that feel that we are not only unloved, but inherently unlovable, which creates even deeper. And when we're conceived and gestated this way, we often end up experiencing trauma during the birth process and immediately after. Okay, so in the case of people who were given up for adoption, this is massive trauma for the baby to be separated from its birth mother and its birth father. Sometimes these babies will immediately be handed to the adoptive parents. Sometimes the babies will be put in a a foster care program or an adoption program in some kind of institution for a number of weeks or months. And without proper bonding with our biological mother in particular, but also the father's very important, the psychic pain can be extremely deep and can influence our personality and the way that we create reality, like what happens in our lives. So the abandonment wound, which happens Let me stress this. The abandonment womb is happening to almost everybody, whether we're adopted or not. And that is because babies are regularly separated from their mothers at birth. So for the adopted babies, it's obviously much deeper. But for the babies who end up with their biological mother, to be separated from that mother in a hospital and put in a nursery with other screaming, terrified infants is a very deep pain. And the inability to bond with our mothers creates a lifetime of pain because for those that do grow up with their biological mothers, there's there's something missing. There's not the connection that we should have had. And I know adoptive children also with their adoptive mother, the, the connection is not going to be Put it this way, there's not going to be that explosion 
of love, okay, that should happen within the first hour after birth. It's a neurochemical cocktail that will only be possible within the first hour after birth. And that, chem that neurochemical cocktail is activated through eye contact with the biological mother, with skin-to-skin -skin contact, and through scent, right? With the baby being put skin-to-skin -skin on the mother, smelling the mother, the mother smelling the pheromones coming off the baby's head. All of this activates the brains and the bodies of mother and baby and father if he's present. And a download of chemicals uh, will happen in their bodies, producing an extraordinarily profound experience of human love. Frankly, there's very few people on this earth at this time that have ever experienced it. And that is because A, we're having sex in ways that we need to stop having sex. In other words, we're creating babies unconsciously and it's leading to an avalanche or a cascade of trauma for two people having sex and any children that they create. So we have to get a handle on that first and we have to understand that the babies in the womb are fully conscious, fully telepathic, okay, they know if whether or not they're loved, they know whether or not they're wanted, they know if the parents are thinking about murdering them through abortion, they know, they know all of this and much more. And we have been, you know, lied to about this and convinced that the developing baby is just a clump of cells and that it can't have memory because its brain isn't developed enough. This is the lies of the medical establishment when in fact it is consciousness. That baby is, is consciousness that has just come from the realm of the creator into a physical experience in order to attain whatever it is it wants to attain in this lifetime, whatever experiences is necessary for it to expand on a spiritual level, all right? But this is a spiritually conscious soul. What happens during gestation really matters. And what happens during birth and immediately after birth is of critical importance to the well-being of that child. And it's also important for the parents because if you, you know, for parents that are not able to bond with their children, there's going to be emotional pain, right? And their marriage or their relationship is likely to break down because mm -hmm. birth is the experience that really should be bonding that couple. It should be solidifying that union. But for that to happen, the birth has to be filled with love. It has to be uninterfered with, especially uh, through technological interventions, all of which are undermining the possibility that birth can be a beautifully loving and love-filled experience. 
You see, you can't have all these drugs going into the mother's body. You can't have babies being taken away. You can't be cutting off the foreskins of baby boys, you know, uh, immediately after birth and expecting things to turn out well. So what you say touches me very deeply because I was adopted. And I know a lot of adoptees and have had many conversations with them, uh, you know, the whole theme of the trauma being ripped away from the birth mother. And they're still dealing with that pain, you know, even into adulthood, late adulthood. For their whole life. You know, the, the benefit to being adopted, actually, is, you know, you've had trauma, like you're aware that you're in pain because of what happened. Most people that are that I haven't been adopted, they don't know where the pain is coming from because they don't remember what happened during gestation and what happened during birth and that they were separated. Like they don't remember, so they, they're pretty clueless. But either way, the pain can really be lifelong. And so my own pain is really what brought me to doing this work because my own birth trauma was replayed again and again when I tried to give birth to my children. This is called traumatic repetition. And when we're carrying unresolved trauma, we tend to recreate it over and over again or to bring up, to attract experiences to ourselves that will trigger the same types of pain. We're trying, in other words, we're always trying to... Uh, bring the unresolved memory into the conscious mind. And we do that by recreating, by recreating experiences again and again. Unfortunately, we just re-traumatize ourselves most of the time and we still don't remember where the origins of the trauma is. And so it keeps repeating and it escalates and it gets worse. And the children, you know, who are coming through, parents who are, in pain from unresolved trauma will have even higher levels of pain and trauma. So it escalates with each generation. We need to stop the traumatic repetition by A, becoming conscious of the trauma and B, finding holistic ways to resolve the trauma so that we can break the repetition, not repeat it when we go to give birth to our children. This is a very important piece for pretty much all of mankind at this time, because all of us born in hospitals have major trauma. What's happening in hospitals, I could spend the next five hours talking to you about it, okay? because that's how severe the abuse is, what's happening to the babies, what's happening to the mothers, what's happening to the fathers as well. It's incredible abuse. People need to become conscious of it, and we need to heal it. We need to heal this so that, A, we stop going to hospitals to give birth because these are, you know, these are very dangerous places. Hospitals are places of death and disease and extreme trauma, right? This is not a healthy environment in which to give birth, but we are all under mind control at various levels, okay? And we are all, put it this way, women will tend to give birth the way that they were born. 
if they were born in a hospital, they're likely to go to a hospital to give birth, and there may be a recreation of their own birth experiences when they give birth. And not only the mother, but the father. You know, because the mother and father are bringing their birth experiences to the birthing field of their baby. And so it's important. And let me stress that the boys, in my, in my estimation, the boys have much more extreme trauma than the girls because their genitals are cut into. A healthy body parts are cut off without any anesthetic whatsoever. So they're being genitally tortured in the United States, not everywhere around the world. But circumcision is very common in the United States. And this is a form of genital torture. And it does severely affect the psyche of the baby boys who will become men. How can these baby boys ever trust their mother? after she was willing to let that happen to them. She's kind of supposed to be in charge of protecting. We're so under mind control, we as women, that we just say okay to the circumcision without asking any questions. Just if the doctor says, you know, somehow it's beneficial, we trust that without doing any research, without looking into what it is that's actually happening to our babies when we say yes to this. But there's a lot going on. So I want to ask you about then women who have to give birth through uh, by cesarean section. I had four children and all of them were born by cesarean. Were you born by cesarean? That I don't know um, because I don't know any of my medical history. I don't know my birth family at all. So, and I was born in Korea. And so my records are very sparse. Yeah. So, of course, I don't know whether you were born by C-section, but I'm willing to venture a strong guess that you were. And that's partly why all your children also were. Because as I said, the trauma will repeat itself when we go to give birth to our children. And cesarean birth is very traumatic for the babies. And in most cases, it is a result of the medical interference in the birth process. And I know we don't have much time um, but suffice to say that things like the induction of labor and epidural anesthetic will increase the chances of a cesarean birth greatly. Like your chances will go up about 60% if, if, these, if these interventions are given to the mother. And so we have a situation where at least one in three children coming onto the earth right now is being cut out of their mother's body and is being denied um, the victory of birth. Because coming through the portal, coming through the vaginal portal and succeeding in making the way out of that experience 
is a victory that is very important for ourselves. In your case, even though you don't consciously remember what happened to you, your body remembers. Your body has the records. Your cells have the records, which is why the work that I'm doing, which is in large part to help people recover their memories, bring them up to the conscious mind, um, and then work it out through the nervous system, work it out gently and non-cathartically, work it out through the nervous system. This way it can stop. It can stop repeating itself. Four cesarean sections is a lot for your body to go through. But, and you may have actually gone through five, you know, because may, it may have happened at your own birth, you know. So um, I just brought that up because I thought it was interesting uh, that you're saying uh, how we were born is how we will give birth. Yes. I wanted to ask you, you know, th so there's all of this trauma surrounding how we're created and then how we're birthed. And so then what are some ways that you help people to recognize maybe destructive behaviors that are coming from this trauma? And then how do you help them recognize it and then work through that? You know, I always start by listening to people and, and asking them what's happening for them. What's up? In other words, what are the issues in your life? And I have the training that I have including my own my own experience, is to be able to say, oh, well, this kind of issue may be connected to that. Do you know if this happened during gestation or do you know if this happened during birth? You know, so I, I try to help them make those connections. I give them a questionnaire at the very beginning um, to help trigger memory, right, from gestation and from birth. And the time that we spend together is to, to activate more of the memory. And then I teach a system of uh, Japanese energy medicine called Jinshin Jitsu, which will also allow the body to bring the memories up at a pace that will not be overwhelming. So we have, the brain has a way of keeping traumatic memories locked in the lower levels, like in the reptilian part of the brain. And there's gates. Those gates won't open to the conscious mind unless your body knows that it's resourced enough to handle the information. Like we don't want to overwhelm the system. And so Jinshin Jitsu is the most gentle tool and the least cathartic that will not, and it's totally non-invasive and very much based on self-care, that you will be doing daily self-care if you, if you do choose to work with me, um, to allow yourself the time that you need to bring these memories into your consciousness. So I can tell you for sure that I didn't have the memories of my prenatal life and my birth until I started doing the Jinshin. I also had to be working with, a, with my teacher who understood prenatal and birth trauma, who could help me make these connections. 
between what I was experiencing and what may have happened. So could you give me an example, give our listeners an example of what maybe the trauma was and then how it was tied to behavior later on? Let me say, sure. Okay, so I was conceived by two teenagers in the backseat of a car at a drive-in movie theater. My mother was shamed and forced to marry my dad, which she didn't want to do. But there was an imprint in me that I was inherently bad. Okay, it really was my mother's emotions that were being, let's say, really translated to me and fed to me through the neurochemical soup that is created through the mother's emotions that moves into the baby's body. So her feeling bad meant that I felt that I was inherently bad for most of my adult, much of my adult life, because I started healing about 20 years ago. I started the healing process. And I also grew up with parents that, let me say that my father was abusive emotionally to my mother. And he was a cheater and an abandoner to her. And I recreated men in my teenage and adult life that would do that very thing to me as well. I also remember a scene, I'm just telling you about the repetition, some of the repetition right now, where my mother was, I was about probably four or five, my mother was running after my father because she found out something that he did. And she put her hand through a glass door, running after him, the front door. And that was a scene that I later recreated the exact same scenario, running after a boyfriend that I had, and I put my hand right right through the door. So we do this a lot. <laughs> There's a repetition that occurs. And when I started doing Jinshin, I just mentioned that my father cheated on my mother with my mother's best friend. When I started doing Jinshin, I was very deep friends with this married man. We never had sex or anything like that, but there was love between us. And there, you know, there was a desire to create a relationship, but he was married and even though his marriage was on the rocks, it was still like, you know, not a good thing. And by doing Jinshin, somehow his wife came up to me and she said to me, Janice, you belong with Daryl. Daryl and I are finished. And I think not only do you belong with Daryl, but you would probably be good for my children if you did get with Daryl. Okay, so what was happening when I started doing Jinshin was that I was finding a way to work out my trauma about my father be, uh, you know, cheating on my mother and abandoning her with a a married man whose wife was supportive and that nothing was going to happen behind anybody's back, that somehow this was going to be a legitimate thing that nobody was going to get hurt if we moved forward in this, in this situation. So without my understanding how that could happen, 
that trauma was working itself out simply by doing jinshin every day. And there were other things. For example, I was a major, when we have prenatal trauma, especially what we call discovery shock, when we're in the womb for a couple of weeks and we're all alone, nobody knows we're there, there's nobody there to welcome us, right? There's nobody there to, to say, I'm so glad you're here, I can't wait to meet you. We're just all alone. That's trauma in itself. And then finally, somebody sees us. Okay, maybe six, eight, or more weeks into the pregnancy. And when they see us, they're like, oh, shit. Now what am I going to do? Right? There is no happiness. See, this is the baby's first experience of relationship. And that is a major, major trauma. To be finally seen and to not be wanted, to have your mother and or your father have a negative response to your presence. And that trauma is called discovery shock. And that often gets lodged in the lung meridian. And so people who have discovery shock may have asthma or repeated bronchitis, breathing problems, you know, uh, pneumonia, you know, issues of all kinds. The lung meridian holds grief. It holds feelings of betrayal and rejection and abandonment. And there's many of us that carry this. So some people that have discovery shock will have smoking addiction. They suck it back. We're sucking the pain back down because of the terror that we feel if it actually rises up to the surface and we have to feel the pain of all of that. So we suck it down, right, through smoking. And I had severe pot smoking addiction when I found gentian and I started doing the lung flow every day for three months. And I never smoked again. Three months is all it took. But I, I also had become conscious that I had discovery shock by working with my, my teacher, my Jinshin teacher, who understood prenatal and birth trauma. So I understood, yes, I have discovery shock. I was not... So it sounds like it's... The smoking, trying to repress that, would uh, drinking be any addictive behaviors then? Overeating? All of it. All of it is related to a way of trying to keep the pain held back. Yes, because it threatens to overwhelm the system. That's There's a terror involved in actually experiencing it. And that's why Jinshin is so useful because we don't have to re-experience the intensity of the pain at all. On the contrary, we can just work, you know, Jinshin involves, it's similar to acupuncture, except we don't use metal to force energy to reorganize itself. We're using the electrical energy coming through our fingers 
right? We put our hands on these points in certain combinations, and we're talking directly to the nervous system where the trauma is held. Okay, and the nervous system starts to go, oh, wow, she understands that there's trauma. And she's working with somebody who can support her now, right, to, to heal this trauma. And she's becoming conscious or he's becoming conscious. And maybe we can allow a little bit of this to come up and through now into the conscious mind. And once you get to that point where it's some of it's in the conscious mind, and even my talking with you right now is going to bring some of it into the conscious mind, okay? You can work with it much more effectively when you understand, right, the roots of it are here. The roots of it are in discovery shock. The roots of it are in um, haunted womb shock or in toxic womb shock. Or there's, you know, I just did a webinar um, in December about prenatal trauma. And if you are in touch with a lot of people that have had abortion, I mean, adoption trauma, you might want to look at that webinar because you can you can get the MP4 video recording of that webinar, okay? And that goes pretty deep into what can happen in prenatal life. It doesn't cover all of the kinds of trauma in prenatal life, but watching that webinar will bring some understanding for people, you know, of what what could have happened in the womb that mm -hmm. has negatively impacted me and is driving certain behaviors, certain outpicturing um, recreations in my life, relationship issues and addiction issues for sure. And I, I wanna stress that with addiction, we have babies whose mother had an epidural anesthetic. Epidural contains fentanyl. Fentanyl is an opioid mimicker. It's an oxytocin mimicker. Oxytocin is the natural hormone of human love and human bonding. And when you inject a synthetic substitute for oxytocin, something like pitocin or synctocinin, okay, or fentanyl or Demerol, all of these opioid drugs, okay? You're preventing that mother, that mother's body from actually producing oxytocin the way that she did, the way that she should. In other words, you are blocking her ability to experience huge love and huge bonding with her children and interfering with breastfeeding as well. Right? These drugs are a real problem. So these babies are coming in, instead of experiencing the love that should be present at birth, they're coming in in, in kind of a, um, a state called euphoria. Okay, it's, um, euphoria is a medical term. Euphoria is something, it's an artificial artificially drug-induced sense of well-being, okay? It has no basis in reality. It's totally drug-induced. So these kids have the drug-induced sense of well-being as their baseline 
imprint, their baseline memory for what, what will create well-being. And we have a very severe fentanyl addiction problem now, don't we? That when they're coming of age, they're turning to the very drugs that they were born on. And they're, of course, they're not conscious of any of it. But this is how it gets recreated. And something else just popped into my head as I'm saying this, that, and I use my, my own story as an example because it's pretty powerful. I was conceived in the backseat of a car. Where do you think I was the first time I had sex myself? I repeated the very same thing. Thank God I didn't get pregnant. Okay? But I repeated my conception trauma the first time I had sex. So how powerful and how intelligent are the cells that we are born with, the DNA that we inherit? The cells, the cells of our, our bodies have been through so much, so, so much trauma, okay? And our bodies are always trying to bring these, this pain up and so it can move through and and return the system to love because our essence is based on love. That's really who we are and what we were meant to experience in this life. And it's very, very hard for billions of us to experience love, like authentic and enduring human love. We're very often attracted to people based on physical, you know, attraction instead of true, you know, true bonding and a feeling of safety and um, a deep spiritual connection. It's usually lust-based. And very often that's because we were conceived. You know, most people are having sex to get off. They're not having yeah. sex to create life. And so... Our conception imprint is based on that. We're a side effect of, of fleshy gratification. And that's what we think is love. And I think that's what the media has portrayed to us ever since yeah. the days uh, of Hollywood movies. Um, you know, and then you said we're attracted to people who very materialistic, very surface, and not or what we are as humanity. So it's the antithesis actually. So what can we do to change this or to at least try to make an impact? Well, what we're doing right now, Janice, is I can't believe your name is Janice. I know. <laughs> what we're doing right now I think is very important in terms of talking about it and and coming to an understanding of how much we've been through, how much our bodies have been through. And just this, uh, just the single action of bringing our conscious mind, our conscious attention to the body and saying, my God, body, I understand what you've been through. And I'm so sorry. And I really want to help you. You know, the body really responds to that. This is also why 
Jinchen self-care is so powerful because that's what we're doing is we're bringing our conscious attention to the body and saying, I'm here for you. I know you've been through a lot. I want to help. And that's so I'm going to lay down right now. I'm going to do some Jinchen to try to help you. I'm going to ask for the creator's help. You know, I'm going to ask for my soul to come deeper into my body. As the trauma moves out, the soul can come more deep in and we can be um, more active in fulfilling our purpose. The positive end of this is that it's very likely that people like you and I incarnated into these difficult experiences because we wanted to do what we're doing right now, which is to try to help people who are in pain from these experiences and try to help people resolve it, but also to help the incoming children. You see, if we can help their parents heal their trauma and prepare in a much better way for their arrival, the next wave of children don't have to come in with trauma. You see, and everything on this earth can change. In one generation, when you have babies who are being born according to God's design, instead of in this traumatic, this is really a Luciferian um, interference with the natural order. Everything that we've gone through is actually um, deliberate interference from the dark side that put us through all this trauma because trauma creates people that are easy to control. Trauma also creates amnesia and it can create um, somebody that's very amenable to mind control through television, through movies, through uh, the hospital birth process is all about mind control. The drugs that they're using, it's all about mind control. Trauma-based mind control. That's what it is. When I hear that part of it, I mean, that's very horrific. It is. But I think... It is. But within that, I hear the beauty that can come from it through the awareness the words that you say to your body, I love you and I'm sorry that you had to go through this. Yeah. To me, I think that that's very beautiful. And could, and just even hearing that, to me, is healing. Right on. It really is. And your body's going to say, thank you so much. Because your body, the body kind of feels like, you know, I'm here, I'm carrying all this stuff. And um, the conscious being doesn't understand what I'm going through. It's like, you know, our consciousness hasn't put it together yet, so the body's carrying it all by itself. But when we can put the consciousness together with the body, and they can walk together, you know, the soul can really come in, and our divine work can then occur, what we, what we incarnate for. And then we can look back at all of this and say, what an amazingly brilliant path you've taken 
to get to the point where you're doing what you're doing. As painful as it's been, it really is what you came here for. And you're so loved for it. You know, there's so much gratitude. From the soul. Very interesting what you're saying. If I could interrupt here, yeah. because you said it's like a Luciferian takeover. And we're always taught that, um, you know, God and the devil are just mythical creatures that they don't really exist. But it seems like just within the last couple of years, I keep hearing these words, Luciferian, and that God wins and that we are in a celestial battle. And so maybe it's not as mythical as what we've been led to believe sometimes. I think most people, many people anyway, have been afraid to admit that evil actually exists. Like even contemplating, and I used to do this too. You know, it was I used to think it's ridiculous. You know, it just doesn't even exist. Why are we even thinking about this? But the more you heal yourself, the more you're going to see this is a spiritual battle that we're in right now, and it's very serious. We're at we're at a very serious point where if, if enough of mankind doesn't wake up and choose the path back to the creator, out, out of the Luciferian matrix, there'll be a great deal of misery, much more misery than even we have experienced. But there, you know, there are people waking up because the evil is so in our face right now. It's like you cannot look at people like Klaus Schwab and all these people that want to turn mankind into machines and move everybody into smart cities and are, you know, the entire medical establishment right now is, you know, willfully giving people injections that are causing people to drop dead. And they know it. Not only do they keep doing it, but they're, they're recommending it to give to infants. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so in our face that it's becoming increasingly hard for people to remain under the mind control. So I've heard, though, that this is going to be a major shift, but I don't know if I've ever heard when it's going to happen. Does anybody know when this is going to happen? Have you heard? I have heard numerous things that this year is critical and next year is going to probably be the dividing point. And so we have two choices right now. There are divergent paths, okay? One is, are we gonna stay on the technocratic Luciferian path, right, with the wireless, devices and with the hospital birth and everything that the technocratic path includes. And in case you don't know, the wireless devices are deadly. They are intended to hurt us. We're going to have to let go because these this radiation is killing things. And that's why my Radiation Dangers website is very important. Okay, but there's this other path 
And that's the path back to the divine. That's the path of God's good. You know, we have a beautiful earth here, magnificent creation of earth that has been, all of this technocratic stuff has been overlaid onto it. And all of it is toxic. All of it is poisoning the earth. Do you know what I'm saying? All the GMO foods, the geoengineering, um, the radiation, everything that they're doing. This whole technocratic... It's taking us so far from a path of being natural that nothing is like genuine or in its real form anymore. It's all mutated. But you have to understand that the Luciferians, they hate God. That's number one. And they hate mankind because in God's order, mankind is, is destined to be above Lucifer. That's why Lucifer rebelled. Okay, man, because mankind was made to be above even the archangels in terms of their power to love and to create. So the Luciferians hate God and they especially hate mankind. And they take great delight in destroying God's creations, morphing them, mutating them, turning them into filth and degradation, and especially doing that to mankind. And so they have brought forth many forms of filth, including things like pornography that are 100% satanic and designed to get people to bring their life-creating energy into the Luciferian realm. Now, this is very deep stuff, okay? I don't, didn't mean to intend to go there with you today, but we to be able to see the various machinations of these creatures and how they really operate, that also comes when you start the healing process. Because, you know, I lived 35 to 40 years completely unconscious, <laughs> having none of this understanding that I'm saying to you. I'm 65 now, right? So I had none of this understanding until I started doing the healing work. So the healing work moves the trauma out. The soul comes deeper in. Okay, and the gentian actually restores the body to its original blueprint, what it actually came here for, the original design. This is powerful work, you know, to restore who we were originally intended to be before we went through this whole path of basically deliberately induced trauma. Even, you know, adoption and all of this is a result of encouraging young people to have sex the way that they've been having sex. And I always felt that um, these wars were an experiment to see what would happen because that whole thing about the Korean adoptees was because of the war. And so they were like the first group of people that sent all of their children all over the globe, you know, up to 250,000 children displaced out of Korea, North and South, <laughs> to all of these other countries. And so 
uh, within that little community, what I hear is that, and I've experienced this myself, is having quite the identity issues of not looking like the people that you're raised with. And uh, somebody said to me, well, you're taken from your mother and the adoptive mom doesn't smell like your birth mother. Your This country doesn't smell like your birth country. Um, the air is different. The climate is different. And I, those are things that I never thought about. It's very and I always wondered, is this where, I guess for myself, I can only say this, is this where the anger came from as a child? Yeah. Because it's like you're taken out of your environment and you don't understand it. And perhaps maybe that, and I used to teach school. I saw a lot of angry kids in biological families. But from what you're saying, being introduced to chemicals early on, right there as, as, as they're born at birth, it all kind of makes sense. They're trying to break the bonds, the family bonds. But also in your own situation, when they pull you out of your motherland and they pull you away from your culture and then deny you your memory, your 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 who are your parents, who are your grandparents, what is your ancestral lineage? That's outrageous abuse of a child. And the children are angry because what the hell is wrong with the adults that they don't know? That this is a problem for the kids. What the hell is wrong with these adults? That they don't understand the depth of the trauma these children are going through. So yeah, they're going to be angry. They're going to act out in an attempt to try to get people to, to see. You know, something's wrong here. This isn't right. I don't, I don't belong here. I don't fit in. Where's my mother? Where's my father? Where's my homeland? Where are my grandparents? Where's my culture? Who am I? How could you do and this? For, well, and then, like, to um, back that up, children who are transracially, transnationally adopted, uh, their families were told, and I think there's more education on it now, but they were told just to assimilate them, treat them like one of your family members. And you, like you said, you, they just erase that whole lineage uh, of the child. So that makes a lot of sense to hear that and that the child is acting out your words to tell them something is wrong. Yeah. You know, we've got babies coming in right now. I mean, screaming. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they don't stop crying and it's not normal crying. You know, this is trauma cries trying to get the parents to understand what they've experienced, how severe it is what they've experienced. When you have babies that throw up all the time, won't accept a mother's breast, you know, clench their hands, clench their feet, pull away when you try to hold them, won't make eye contact. This is a severely traumatized infant. And even if it's the biological parents, they don't know. They don't know what's wrong with their baby. Why is their baby acting like this? They have no understanding of prenatal and birth trauma. There's been no language for them to, to know this. Nobody's talked to them about this, to the parents. This is why we have to reach the parents. We've got to get to the parents in order to help the kids that are coming in. Do you know what I mean? We, the mm -hmm. kids are in severe distress right now. 
And I think, and then the quick fixes is let's give them something. And in schools, when okay. these children are acting up, it's like, let's give them something. Let's drug them some more. Mm -hmm. we, drug them out, we, we drug them in the womb, shooting the mothers up with vaccines. We drug them, you know, at birth. We drug them throughout their whole life. Mm -hmm. Stick them in front of the TV, stick them in front of an iPad filled with radiation. I mean, what are we doing? And we wonder why the kids are autistic, ultrasound multiple times. I don't know how deep you've gone into my work, but ultrasound is severely traumatizing. Not only is it radiation, but it is torture. These are torturous frequencies. And these babies are being severely harmed by this technology. This is another form of prenatal trauma that people need to understand. You're walking, you walk into the medical establishment, you're walking into a very dangerous cult that does not have your interests or the interest of your baby in mind. The people who create these protocols, some of the doctors are just under mind control. Okay, but the people at the top, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing by installing these protocols and feeding this crap to the people in medical school as if it were, you know, as if, you know, telling them ultrasound is safe. No, it is not, not in the least. And it is the foundation for the autism epidemic. Wow. All I can say is, wow. I mean, that's really a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. So Janice, how, can you I, how could I know all this if I hadn't done my healing? How could I have done, written three books and done all this research and be willing to, to confront the evil by saying, you're lying, you're liars, and you're deliberately hurting people, you know? Hmm. <laughs> I couldn't have done it if I hadn't done my wow. healing. So through the healing, you find you found truth and strength and mm -hmm. courage and and a lot of forgiveness for my parents. Because I was mad at them, very mad at them. But when I began to understand what they went through, also the birth trauma that they went through not being able to properly bond with their own parents and how much of what I experienced was escalated from what they experienced. You know, there's a, a whole lot of forgiveness that can happen. And once you get to the memories as an adopted person, you may begin to remember what your mother was going through when she chose adoption, what happened. You, you do already know because you were in the womb. You have full memory of everything she experienced. It can really bring forgiveness too because you begin to really get a sense of the trauma in her life and also maybe in your father's experience as well. You begin to see in other words, we're going to begin to direct the anger where it belongs, which is to the people who deliberately let us down the, this path. 
<laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And it, right. the path of having sex this way, the path of controlling sexuality, human sexuality in such a dark direction, and the path of um, hurting us during pregnancy, hurting us during the birth process, you know, installing television, bringing us to wireless devices, all of this is all, it's all been, it's all an agenda. So, but I hear that, like your message is, it's like, we need to educate people about, first of all, if you're going to go out and have sex, it's like, why are you doing it? You know, it's not just for that self-gratification, but, you know, it's something that you share with somebody for love to produce life and to do it with good intention. It's very important. This is why my parenting program, it's a 20-week program. Yes, because I emphasize the importance of preconception preparation. Okay, so this means we've got to get to the young adults and talk to them about sex. And we've got to talk to them about the shadow, right? How we've been conditioned to have sex. And, and like, we need to talk about how do we create a healthy relationship? How do we recognize the one who is for us as opposed to the one that we're physically attracted to? Okay, how do we create a proper preconception environment? so that we can create safety for the incoming soul. How do we, what is conscious conception? How do we prepare ourselves for conscious conception? Why would we want to have sex if we're not open to creating life? If we understand that having sex, yeah, we can have a fleeting physical pleasure, but it could end up with months years, decades of emotional pain, creating a, tr creating a child that we don't want. We could end up having an abortion, which is human sacrifice. It's a satanic ritual that will affect us as we move forward. This is not to be taken lightly. And this is what, you, you know, we have to get into talking to the young people about the reality of the situation as opposed to what they're being fed through the school system, through pornography, okay, through the music industry. That's all about getting off. It's all about physical pleasure. It's all about, you know, do as thou wilt. Whatever you want to do is great, you know, just have pleasure. It's, it's not that simple. We're dealing with a very sacred energy, and it's not even sexual energy. It's life-creating energy. But we've turned it on its head and said it's sexual. It's all about physical pleasure. No, that's not the divine program. You're walking in Lucifer's path right now, having sex this way, just to get off. This, is, this creates pain. It creates very deep spiritual wounds. That we want to, it may take decades to heal them when we can avoid it by keeping our carnal impulses in check and directing our energy toward love. You know, when we create life, when we understand 
the steps we need to take step by step from preconception to conscious conception, trauma-free gestation, gentle birth, conscious parenting. When, when young people are educated this way or anybody's educated this way, okay, then we understand the divine, the divine way. Then we understand how easy it would be to get back to a civilization that is really based in love as opposed to this Luciferian civilization that is based in trauma. They, you know, when we're traumatized, we emit radiation. Do you know that? Our cells emit radiation when we're traumatized. And they use that trauma energy to they recycle it through all the devices people are carrying. This is wow. This is what's feeding the system right now, is our trauma. And I know, and I don't want to get into another <laughs> section because I don't want to get deplatformed or something by talking about it, but I think I understand now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. But Janice, let's talk, um, I guess we're getting to the end of our time, but do you want to talk about this parenting class, what the dates of it are? and how people can get registered for it. I got to do it quickly because my computer's almost out of juice. I'm so sorry. Okay. All right, the program is a 20-week program. It starts March 15th. It'll run for 20 weeks on a Friday, okay? Every week on a Friday. We may change the time according to who registers. Um, right now it's scheduled for 4 p.m. Eastern. If you go to my website, birth, B-I-R-T-H, of a new earth birth of a new earth.com that's where you can read about the parenting program you can learn about my books i've got a book on birth trauma a book about ultrasound a book about wireless devices i've got the prenatal trauma webinar okay that that people who've been adopted in particular might really benefit from uh, watching that webinar all all people can benefit from it mm -hmm. but I've got so many webinars available that people can access. I've got a ton of information on my website. So okay. check that out. Very good. And I will say thank you. And I honor you for the work that you've done and the the work that the self-work that you have gone through. And thank you so much for being a guest. And thank you, Janice, for, for your I feel like this is so strange. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Denise, for your I know the amazing path that you have walked in this life and for being willing to do that so that you could support mankind in getting back to God. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye.